We're amongst ghostwriters in their musical form this time on Culture File. In the music industry, there are many ways of getting the work out there, plenty of which don't involve becoming a household name or even using the platinum terminal at Dublin Airport. Our correspondent Louise McMahon has been talking to Irish pianist, producer and film composer Brian Crosby and classical pianist, composer and arranger Sean Rooney about some of the less visible forms of a life in music. Music. My name is Sean Rooney. I'm a composer, arranger, slash classical pianist from Dublin. The ghostwriting process a little bit for me, like it's almost like mission control with NASA. It's like you have the ground team on the floor that are doing all the technical stuff. They're putting everything together. And the ones in the rocket are the guys that get to go on the fantastic journey and experience. What I'm trying to do is sort of create my own little genre of ghostwriting. An ideal life for me would really just be at home writing, sending off the package, let people take it from there and put their spin on it. I'm not really that much interested in the touring and fan aspect of music. I'm just incredibly introverted. My name is Brian Crosby. I'm a, a piano player and composer. I always avoided the kind of severe ghostwriting situations. That said, I definitely have lost work because of that position. It's a complex area. It's very hard to give definitive examples of it. When you get into a collaboration and the nature of composing for film, you never really know what direction the output will be. If you're too strict about that at the start by defining it, it very much often works against a natural creative process. If you're working on a, a studio film, it's common practice to have any contributor sign a work-for-hire agreement and also an NDA. But the work-for-hire agreement effectively means that whatever contribution you give, you wouldn't have the rights to that. That would be assigned to the lead composer. And so if there was anything that may have been described as you know, a writing contribution, you would basically have signed away those rights at the start. That is commonplace in the industry. Ghostwriting can include composing music, lyrics, hooks, melodies and arranging in the shadows. Even Mozart was paid an upfront fee to compose anonymously for wealthy patrons. But sometimes musicians are credited for their work, but still operate as a kind of a ghostwriter, undetected by most listeners. Rock music icon Ronnie Radke of the American band Falling in Reverse commissioned Sean Rooney to reimagine their popular hits into symphonic Blood on the Ivories gold. I did a recording of a song of theirs called Losing My Life. It was just a solo piano version. I sent it on to Ronnie. It did take a number of months, but eventually he did respond. He said it was excellent. The following December, I got a message from him saying, is there any possibility you could do a piano version of The Drug in Me Is You? The process that I use for writing these kind of pieces really is sort of like trying to take a real classical context and putting it into something that's completely modern. For the Dragon Me is reimagined. There's a Chopin piece, Polonaise Number no. 2. It's a very dark piece in C minor. And I had the idea that there could be a similar chord sequence to the verses, which is this kind of double harmony in the left. 95% of the arrangements are easily playable, and then you have the big piano solos and stuff, which be almost kind of similar to Baroque music or Bach. And these kind of prelude kind of style pieces, they work really well. It's um, very classically inspired. 
I often have 50 or 60 different versions of the song before I decide on one. I do have credits on the songs. For I'm Not a Vampire, the second piece, I had this idea that it would be something similar to Beethoven's Sonata Number no. 2, which is the C major sonata, so... The original I'm Not a Vampire is it's almost like a jazz-style song. And I had the idea that I could take this idea from Beethoven and incorporate it this way. I released a record called Imbrium last year, a piano record. It's recorded on an old 1920s August Foster. It's kind of treated, so there's a rail of felt. You see them on modern pianos, but I put it on this old one, so it dampens the sound. I'm kind of fascinated with the history of pianos. So I moved to Berlin about 14 years ago, and I was part of a modular studio complex that I had set up there with a bunch of other guys doing the same stuff. At the time we moved in, a lot of the composers were just kind of breaking through to the world stage. Well, you know, Hildur, Gwane Dutter, Dustin O'Halloran, the late Johan Johansson. While I couldn't get a place for myself, what was available in Berlin were these great big factory floors. We took over an old lease of the place. It actually became the heart of the the European film music scene for a while, I think it was an amazing amount of output from the place. There's so much music to be output and so many different variations of that because of the process. For every approved music cue, in some cases up to 20 versions of that that were not approved, your contribution to any of those pieces is on a variable scale. The added intricacy on this as well is you, you deliver your music in various layers, so you don't usually deliver it as a final mixed piece. The producers essentially are combining those layers in a way that they see fit to picture. And that, you know, has a little bit of a bearing on the creative breakdown of who was responsible for it. If you start getting into the nitty-gritty of breakdowns of credits in the midst of the project, it, it's just not practical. What should happen is that at the end of a project, there's some kind of reasonable conversation to be had to say, okay, well, actually, the way this one worked out, your credit was X, Y, and Z, and you co-wrote these cues. Actually, often the way it happens is you sign away that right to negotiation at the start of a project. So that's where the problem is, really. I was involved in quite a high-profile film at the demo stage. The demo got the attention of the producers and it went into onto the next stage whereby the composer was, was hired. I was kind of part of the team and made it clear at the start that any writing contributions need to be credited. I wasn't hired because of that position, simply because the producers were slinging for uh, as many Oscar awards as they could get. They weren't into additional writers. <laughs> it used to be the case that a film with a composer with additional writers in the credits would not qualify qualify as uh, to be in the category. You're negotiating with managers and agents when you're starting out. It's often the case that you're presented with a take it or leave it deal sometimes. And that's really difficult for new composers because it's very difficult to turn away an opportunity. I think they need to take a moment to consider how they're presenting their negotiations. It can be a very profitable way to be an introvert. And on the contrast to that, I actually really, really enjoy playing the piano live. There's a weird dynamic there sometimes where I have a huge craving to play live and other times where I feel like just being in the living room just composing. So it's an interesting balance that I can achieve with this.
Sean Rooney ending that report, and you heard also from Brian Crosby in Berlin, but he'll be manifesting on June 23rd in Bellobar, Dublin. Louise McMahon was the reporter.